We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. to another edition of bogey free i am your host matt jones you can find me on twitter at matt jones tfr and we are going to quickly recap the farmers insurance open from last week and then point our attention towards the waste management coming up for super bowl weekend um so very quickly uh mark leishman was $8,300. He was around 10% owned in a lot of contests, and he took down the tournament, though. Uh, he did get outscored uh, for DraftKings points by John Rahm, which um, is not a, a particularly common occurrence, so definitely worth noting. Um, as far as the contests in general this past weekend, um, the 6 of 6 percentage for a lot of the big tournaments uh, was pretty low. It was in the like five to nine percent range in most contests, like the the big uh, 100k up top. I think they called it King of the Pines or something this past week. Um, was was probably about eight percent. So definitely a week where you could have potentially cashed with five of six. Um, but there were some popular guys at the top. Um, so more or less, if you, if you didn't have say three guys in the top six or so, you, you definitely weren't, uh, making a ton of money. We had Raman and Rory finish second and third, right behind Leishman. We had Brant Snedeker, who was about 15% owned in cash, uh, in third place as well. We had Tony Finau, who was like super chalk. I think he was the third or fourth highest golfer uh, as far as cash goes. And I think he was probably about second or third 
in uh, GPP ownership as well. So uh, a lot of popular guys up at the top. Um, only, I believe, three, no, four uh, golfers scored more than 100 DraftKings points. Um, but it was pretty pretty tightly bunched. So as I go through the lineup uh, from this past week and the cash locks and all that good stuff, we will... Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that. But before we jump into the rest of the show today, I do want to remind you guys that if you're a listener of the show who is not already subscribed to Rotoviz, you can get a special 10% discount through the podcast by going to rotoviz.com slash podcast. The golf content is going to remain free through the Masters, um, but we do have excellent content coming out every week on the NFL side. We have the draft coming up. Uh, if you're in Dynasty Leagues, I know that there is quite a bit of um, action going on in a lot of Dynasty Leagues right now with trades and getting ready for the NFL draft. Um, so make sure you go to rotaviz.com slash podcast to find out more about the discount and our other offerings here at Rotoviz. All right. Uh, on to the good stuff. So we have a, a quick cash lock review again this week. Um, both cash locks made it through the cut, which is great. That brings the total to seven out of eight made cuts, uh, five of eight with top 25 finishes and two top 10 so far. Um, we have the average price as $8,613. We have the finish position as 29th and the average DraftKing points scored is 73.8. So pretty decent. Um, again, a, a little bit of a weird week for, uh, for, for both of the cash locks, really. Um, if you, if you, didn't read the content or didn't hear the show with Evan last week. My two cash locks were Colin Morikawa at 8,900 and Cameron Tringali at 7,100. And Morikawa just, he had a stretch of like four holes where he was just completely, he would just was completely done in. Um, he basically on the back nine on Saturday, went from three under for the day to three over for the day from the 12th to the 15th holes. Um, he ended up finishing uh, tied for 21st with 68 and a half DraftKings points. Um, you know, he played he played fine. He played pretty solid golf. He was 13th in strokes gained approach and hit the sixth most greens in regulation. Um, so it was really a short game that did him in. He lost a couple of strokes around the green and he was kind of like, middle of the pack uh, as far as strokes gained putting for guys who made the cut. So um, for 8,900, you'd probably want a, a bit of a higher finish from, uh, you know, from a, a cash lock like this. Definitely was a little disappointing seeing him slip a little bit. And he just didn't really, I don't know. This seems like it happened you know, the last couple of weeks. Um, so I'm very interested to see how he, how he bounces back. He, he's just lost it a little bit in these small short stretches and, uh, and it really did him in. So, um, I'm sorry. He had 72 and a half DraftKings points. So he was, he was right around, uh, a lot of the guys in his range though. He did get outscored by a few people right below him, uh, as far as finishing position goes. 
So, uh, again, not not terrible, not the most amazing thing that we've ever seen. Uh, Tringali, on the other hand, was just uh, kind of all over the place. He scored well. Uh, he played well on, on Thursday. He was definitely underpriced at 7100 um, but he ended up finishing tied for 49th, uh, really because of the Friday and Sunday rounds. He went 68, 75, 69, 74, which is just not not going to do it. Um, played really well on Thursday, hit a ton of greens, and then just completely lost his irons, hit about 68% of his greens in regulation. So, um, again... Not a, not the not the top finishes and the high finishes that we were hoping for this week, but um, again, I think you know I think the process is good, uh, and we're uh, we're just chugging along trying to get some some hot putters and and whatever else, uh, whatever else we can find really. So let's jump into the lineup review. Uh, from this past week, we we still haven't made the optimizer public. Because there's just a couple things that we that we want to add and uh, and make sure it's like completely ready to go for you guys when um, when it does come out. But I uh, I tested it out a little bit. I went through and uh, basically just completely lock buttoned Morikawa and Tringali and uh, and took a look at the top twenty optimal lineups. Um, it. It really, really wanted to jam Rory in to every lineup, uh, and that was that was good to a certain extent, right? Because he he finished third, um, and I would say that you know over a hundred points and a third place finish pretty much uh, pretty much takes uh, pays off a third, uh, or I'm sorry, pays off a $11,600 salary. He had a shot to win. Um, and he just kind of dug himself a hole right at the start on Sunday. He finished the day with a 69. Um, but if you, if you just looked at that, it was probably, it was fine, but he did have five bogeys on his card and, uh, definitely not the, um, the strong Sunday finish that we were hoping for. It is something to to sort of watch out for too, because um, obviously Rory is is a world class golfer, but he does he does have these Sundays sometimes where he um, he just doesn't quite click on all cylinders. So um, the the lineup was Tringali, Morikawa, Rory. Next guy up was Cam Smith. Um, he was eighty seven hundred. Went into the weekend looking okay. He was he was three under. I guess he you know he safely made the cut by a stroke or two, and uh, yeah, pretty much did nothing for the rest of the weekend. Uh, he finished at even par with sixty one DraftKings points, and that was good for a sixty fourth place finish. Um, so not really what you want out of your uh, eighty seven hundred dollar golfer. The next guy was Denny McCarthy at 7,100, who uh, tied, was in that group of T64 with Cam Smith, and he literally did the same exact thing. He was three under after Friday and finished the tournament at even par, So, uh, and it was 59 DraftKings points. So, not uh, again, not great. The 
probably the best play that I made of the week was going heavy on Maverick McNeely at 6,600. He popped really high in the expected birdies and um, had a, had a fine uh, power ranking score. So uh, I felt pretty confident about jamming him in. I think he was in about 30 or 40% of my 20 max lineup. So uh, anytime you get a top 15 performance, out of your, uh, what was he, $6,600 golfer, uh, you're definitely looking, uh, you're looking pretty good. The, the only slight issue was he still only managed 72 and a half DraftKings points, even as a top 15 finisher, you, you would have to go all the way down to, um, I guess it was Sebastian Kaplan at 6,200. He finished T21, um, and that was like the next lowest score. Everybody in McNeely's range, um, pretty much broke 80 DraftKings points. So, uh, some good and some bad there, obviously, which is, which is to be expected with a $6,600 golfer. Um, for sure wish he could have flashed a little bit more upside, but, um, again, T15 making the cut allowing to pay up for Rory, all good things from from a cheap guy. So that lineup, uh, I ran in the listener league, and it was a couple spots out of cashing. It min-cashed the birdie, and it was in the uh, just outside the top 10% of lineups. So um, it definitely could have been better. Would have liked to have seen maybe a charge from cam or mccarthy or both uh at some point but it's uh it just didn't happen so um yeah the the optimal i think has been pretty good uh the lineup review is something that i definitely want to continue every week uh it's not a guarantee that it's going to always be the number one optimal in the system like this week it spit out a bunch of lineups with uh, with DJ Trahan and Henrik Norlander and a couple other guys that I just didn't feel terribly comfortable um, going heavy, heavily investing into them. So um, we'll we'll continue to tweak it. We'll see how it how it turns out. But um, I definitely think we're on to something with the optimizer, and I'm looking forward to releasing it and seeing uh, what you guys think. So. Real quick, I do want to talk about the power ranking. Um, basically, what ends up happening is the the way that I calculate it is a um, it's in terms of actual actual golf scoring. So uh, you know when you see the raw scores, it's I don't know a mi- minus two point four or whatever Rory was this week. That means theoretically, that that would be his advantage over an average golfer on a neutral course. So um, that's sort of how I've been presenting it since it came out, I guess, in June or July of last year. But the the problem is that the way that I back-tested it was based on that raw score, and it's not really a fair representation of the the field when I do that because it it could be that there's you know four golfers with minus two or better raw scores so how does that affect 
how you're building lineups and how those guys are performing, it definitely makes a difference. And then there's some weeks where, you know, uh, at the 3M Open or something, maybe there's nobody that's better than a 1.5 or a 1.3. So I was talking to a bunch of guys, talked to Blair, who's one of the editors over at Rotoviz. I talked to Anthony Amico, who's a uh, another Rotoviz alum. And we all sort of agreed that there should be some sort of a, a scoring system for how the a scaled scoring system for the spread of the power ranking numbers for a given field. So just real quickly, there's there's going to be an article coming out in the next week or so about this, but I just wanted to touch on it uh, during the solo show. Basically, it's a score from 0 to 100, and that's how it'll be presented this week in the uh, full slate breakdown article. And over, uh, I, I basically back-tested it since 1995, and over that span, there's been 1,050 tournaments. So golfers who fall between 90 and 100 have won uh over 25% of the tournaments in the sample but they have only made up 4% of the golfers which i think is definitely noteworthy um and then golfers with a score of 70 and above have accounted for over 70% of the wins on tour in that span and they only make up 30% of the golfers so Basically, there'll be more in the article, but I just wanted to point out when you see it this week in the slate breakdown that if you're if you're playing guys that are under 70 in the power ranking score, you're most likely giving up uh, way too much, whether it's you're giving up too much cut equity or win equity or whatever you're really trying to test against. Like, for example, the group that is between 60 and 70 um, only finishes in the top five about 4%, 4 4.8% of the time, and only hits the DraftKings bonus 44% of the time. So right off the bat, you're really hamstringing yourself as you go down the power ranking. And I'll present it in a couple of different ways and have some more nuggets for you guys next uh, next week when the article comes out. But definitely something to, uh, to think about and consider as we go through um, and you start to see, you know, the, the power ranking score rather than the uh, raw power ranking. So... Um, and then real quick before we get out of here, I just want to uh, just wanted to point out a couple of the guys at the top of the expected birdies metric uh, that will be out on Tuesday, probably when you're listening to this. It will have already um, it'll already have been published, but uh, Scotty Scheffler, even though he had a rough week last week, still pops as, the highest uh, in the in the expected birdies model. I do think that some of it is small sample still, so I'm not terribly uh, convinced. But the next three guys, Hovland, Morikawa, and Wolf, also suffer from small samples. Uh, their samples are definitely growing, but it it wouldn't um, it wouldn't surprise me if one or two of those guys sort of underperformed relative to. 
uh, what their expected birdies is telling us. And then as we go down the list, uh, Justin Thomas and Hideki Matsuyama are all the way up at the top. Uh, the the highest expected birdies out of the 5K range. Um, and then a couple of names that continue to pop, even though uh, sort of had some rough weeks over the past couple, uh, Sebastian Munoz and Sepp Straka. They, I'm, I'm losing a little faith in them. I, I'm, I don't think I'm going back to that well necessarily. Um, but a guy who did pop this week that I am, I'm pretty interested in and hope that we're not a, a week late is Harry Higgs. Um, he's, he's done really well in the power ranking model over the fall swing. He was a guy who I was playing, uh, quite a bit and, um, he's, he's a guy at 6,900 that you could definitely, feel comfortable locking into your lineups. Um, Finau is up here as well. And then you have guys like Denny McCarthy who've, who've made the optimal lineups quite a few times over the past couple of weeks and uh, Aaron Wise. So just a few names to consider uh, in the article tomorrow. I will uh, point out the you know sort of the outliers from uh, expected birdies versus salary perspective um but yeah it'll definitely be um it'll definitely be a fun week everybody knows waste management is just like a huge party leading right into the super bowl um so really like what could be better than that um and we will uh we'll see if maybe ricky can uh can go back to back we'll see what we can come up with um for some lineups and for some picks during tomorrow's show. Um, yeah, so that's gonna that's gonna do it. Make sure you are following along on Twitter at Matt Jones TFR. Make sure also that you are jumping into the listener league. I will have that in the show notes for uh, today's show as well as on my Twitter. So uh, jump in if we keep we keep filling it up, we'll bump it up to maybe 75 guys in the next couple of weeks. Um, But either way, good luck in your contest this week, and we will talk soon. See ya. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.